मिला है Yes, folks, it's Thursday, it's 2 p.m. I'm Fred McMurray, which means this must be... Billers, Billers, Billers of Franchising. Billers, Billers, Billers of Franchising. All right, folks, man, that was a rocking intro. Thanks to our friends at uh, Markel's Audio Lab for the great Pillars of Franchising theme song that once you hear it, you will never, ever, ever, ever forget it again. We love it. Yeah, let's rock this sucker. So I'm with my co-host, Ray and Kristen. As usual, we're going to bring you us a, an hour of weirdness, hopefully, and fun. Ray? It's snowing where you are. Kristen, it's not, although you have a razor back on your head. So, what's Thank up, folks? You. Well, it, it, as far as the weather here, it is actually a glorious 50 degrees. So, it's not snowing. But I figure maybe the background get everybody kind of ready for what's coming in the Chicagoland area. So, uh, I'm here in Aurora, Illinois. Like I say, 50 degrees sunny beautiful day outside it's absolutely gorgeous outside and um how about you Kristen? <laughs> uh, well i'm just up the street but it looks like we're worlds away yeah <laughs> i uh kind of have i have like this weird thing going on today i'd rather be at the beach but i am also here in illinois and I'm wearing my hat in honor of Tom, um, who Ray's going to announce or uh, announce and talk about that my brother gave me when he was down there going to school. Okay. We got to get her more bandwidth, don't we, Ray? Yes, we do. <laughs> you know, we missed a good part of that sentence. I think it had to do with her brother going down to Arkansas hey, for Wi-Fi. Yeah, we got to get you off Wi-Fi and into it's a hard hat. I, 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 just like um, for those, I can't speak on the hat we'll see on Thanksgiving, but my belief is is the hat on Thanksgiving and this hat will be in the top 10 hats of 2020 on the pillars of franchising <laughs> you know i gotta tell you it's been <laughs> people give californians crap about it being really kind of warm um like in the 40s or 50s and in chicago you'd all be in a um in a out in a picnic and, and that's true and it's well deserved but the other thing that i'll say is in chicago when it was in the 40s out I would turn the heat on at night. And yet people around here don't seem to have furnaces and they don't seem to work. So even though it's been, you know, in the 70s, uh, high 70s, much like in my background, at night it's been getting into the 30s. And you know what? When there's no heat on, man, that's cold. But enough of that. 
So, Ray, do you want to take us from Pillars of Weather and take it to our guest? Oh, sure, sure. Well, we'd like to welcome back Tom Porterfield. He's a CPA, and uh, I see CFE on there, but I'm not sure what that stands for. So I'm going to let Tom tell us I know, what it I know, is. I know, but Tom can tell us. Um, certified Franchise Executive, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Doesn't everyone know that? <laughs> it it does get a little confusing though because there's also a certified fraud examiner <laughs> in the accounting field. So some people think that I'm a certified fraud examiner, but I'm not. I'm just a certified franchise executive. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we wouldn't want to get those two confused. Definitely not. Which in some places would be, mean you're really boring, a certified franchise, a franchise executive. But here it's 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 positively positive to have a CFE here. Yes, it is. <laughs> so we had our favorite lawyer on Harold Kestenbaum, I don't know, three or four weeks ago, talking about FDDs, and and um, as we're, we're we're contemplating the schedule, we thought, you know what, we're we're in that last six weeks before. 2021 started, so we wanted to bring Tom back on to talk about accounting and the trends in it for 2021. So, tell us. Oh, sorry. Yeah. How's the weather? I apologize. <laughs> how's the weather? Um, the weather in Arkansas is awesome. Um, I'm sitting here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, at College and Dixon Street. Um, I'm sure that uh, Kristen's brother never went on Dixon Street when he was here uh, playing baseball. Um, but anyway, yeah, beautiful weather, mid-60s, maybe low-70s today. Um, so very nice. So I, I, I think the, the, the biggest question on everybody's mind right now concerning accounting is the loans that have gone out. And uh, Kristen... Um, I know you want to mention this, this as well, so hopefully I'm not stepping on your question here. Yes, he, he is, but who cares? <laughs> That's the first thing that popped in my mind. Uh, nope. is, 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 is both the PPP and the EIDL loans that have gone out, many of the businesses and franchises out there. Um, from what I'm hearing is everybody is still totally confused. Can you uh, as to how these are, are going to be paid back and, and, and what you can claim on them and things like that. Do you have any clarity or are you just as confused as everyone else? Well, I'm, I'm certainly not. Not that not... we expect you to give free advice. Yes, yeah. we do. Yes, we do. That's what the show is all about, free advice. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm going to say I'm not an authority because I don't work for the SBA, which you know is really in, in charge of uh, – administering you know both the ppp and the eidl program but um i do have a little insight to how things are working and i understand right now loans are getting forgiven at a, a fairly rapid pace right now i talked to my my banker the other day and he said typically three to four weeks from the time uh, a borrower submits the application for forgiveness until it's actually forgiven so that's really good news because early on there were a, if none of the loans were getting forgiven early on when um, the, the forgiveness application was submitted 
So it's good to see that the SBA is, is making some progress on that. And um, just the report I had from my banker, um, he said that they had not had any problems or issues with the forgiveness process thus far. So I think that's really encouraging. Um, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of questions. Stop procrastinating. I would, I would make sure you get it in pretty soon. I really would. Um, the process really is, is a little bit simplified now with the 24 week covered period. Originally it started out as eight weeks. So most, most borrowers are going to get a hundred percent of the loan forgiven just based on payroll alone. Um, if for some reason your payroll doesn't, you know, exceed the loan amount over that 24 week period, you'll have to pull in the other expenses that are qualified, the employee benefits and, and uh, you know, rent or mortgage uh, payments, those, those type of things. But I think by and far, most borrowers should get the PPP forgiven just based on payroll cost alone. The thing that's, that's, probably not clear in most people's minds is how the the PPP forgiveness is going to factor into their taxes this coming year. And yeah, I see some nods of the heads. Um, you know, under the CARES Act, the PPP forgiveness is specifically excluded from being taxed. But there's a little bit of a twist on that. And, um, you know, so I could just maybe, you know, for example, if a company had before they got the a loan forgiven, let's say they had a $100,000 PPP loan. And before they got it forgiven, they had $100,000 of, of net income on the books. The That $100,000 is going to be additional income so their net income would increase to 200,000 in that case mm -hmm. and then when you go to do the tax return you would um, pull the 100,000 out on the tax return as being non-taxable from the PPP loan from the PPP loan so we're back down to 100,000 mm -hmm. but the problem here's where the problem comes in the problem is the expenses you use to qualify for that forgiveness mm -hmm. are now not deductible. Oh. So you have a $100,000 um, reduction in your um, expenses, which you bring brings you right back to that $200,000 um, income, in this case, taxable income. So the way the IRS regulations work the, the amount that's forgiven really is going to be taxable unless we see a uh, change, you know, in regulations, something specifically that addresses this between now and the end of the year. And, um, you know, with the gridlock we've got, I, I, I really don't see that being something that, that will happen. Well, I think if I understood you correctly, though, you actually have to make money. Right. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. So someone that had a loss, you know, if you had a loss at the end of the year, um, you know, it's, it's not going to be a, a big factor for you. But if you are profitable and the PPP forgiveness does uh, 
create a taxable liability for you. It's kind of like I told one of our customers the other day, I said, well, you know, because they, they kind of blurted out, well, I just want to apply for forgiveness. And I said, well, wait a minute, you know, let's assume you're at a 33% <laughs> tax rate. Um, so if someone offered you $3 in exchange for $1, wouldn't you take that all day long? And, you know, ab you know, absolutely. So even with it being taxable, it's still a very good deal in creating liquidity, in, in putting some equity into a small business, creating liquidity. It's, it's really a good situation for most recipients of the PPP loans. This is the coolest thing I have ever seen. What we've talked about in the past are thinking about getting into franchising and one of the things Ray and I um, differ on is how we set up our businesses. And so something that you would probably, I would assume, advise people on and would directly play into this um, PPP loan, if I'm correct, is whether you're a C-Corp or an S-Corp. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess I haven't really thought through the, uh, how the PPP forgiveness would be treated uh, in an S corporation versus a C corp. Well, that's um, what I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> so are you an S or a C? I'm an S. You're an S. Okay. Yes. Well, that's, yeah, that's she's an S. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes she's a B, but either right. an S or a B. Yeah. Right. Or an S O B. I don't know. Um, you know, so the S corporation, you know, it's, it's kind of the scenario I just went through. Um, it, it is going to create uh, additional taxable income to the shareholders of an S corporation or partners of a partnership. The C corporation side, I'm just going to, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have not really thought through if, you know, how that the PPP would be different in the case of a C Corp. Mm -hmm. I don't know that it really would, um, but the taxes, it, you know, it, the difference is the C Corp is going to pay the tax. Whereas in your case, Kristen, you know, if you are profitable and you got the PPP loan forgiveness, you're going to have an, an additional tax bill this year. Right, right. Well, we, we don't need any more of those. That's for sure. <laughs> You know, it's a privilege, though, to, to pay tax, really, uh, in the country we live in, you know, and if you if you're making money and you are creating value, because yeah. value is really created by making money, right? right. Um, yep. Paying a little tax is not a bad thing. Yep. I'm well, sorry. It. It's, yeah. Of course, you're correct. You just don't want to pay more than what you have to. Exactly. Right. We want to manage it and minimize it. Right. It's un-American to pay more tax than you have. It's very American to try to wipe out your tax bill. So I will never go into politics on the show. But I will say my girlfriend said to me when we went to buy a business, I don't think you can be a Democrat and own a business. I don't think those two things align. <laughs> and every year when I go to do my taxes and every year when things change, I'm like, hmm. And that's as far as I'll go, um, because it, there's a lot to think about when you go into business and when you're in business, the things you vote for, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. You know, one thing that we've seen with the PPP situation coming into play, part of the CARES Act allowed for retirement plans to be set up before the end of the year that, you know, maybe you couldn't fund a 401k mm-hmm. in 2020 because you didn't have it set up earlier, but you can go ahead and set that 401k up and make a profit sharing contribution between the end of, of December and the time you file your, your 2020 tax return. Uh, if you wanted to do a profit sharing deduction, so it's going to be money that's deductible in 2020, but you, you don't have to pay that until you actually file the tax return out to the extended due date in um, 2020, 2021, I'm sorry. Now, there's also with the pandemic, um, I think, is it the FFCA that we have um, out there for people who have to stay at home because either they have this COVID, their children have COVID or can't go to school? Now, that has me thoroughly confused, and I've already been notified <laughs> that we have to go back and amend my taxes because, indeed, we use the FFCA in code, right, in QuickBooks to account for it. Um, If I were an accountant this year, I would be going absolutely crazy. I mean, the, the, yes, right, pull out the hair. Um, The the thing I had said to Ray before the show is, I wanna know what is is most frustrating thing is being an accountant in 2020. And that's kind of where our PPP questions came from, the EIDL, because really, your particular profession is just being lambasted with change this year. It, it really is. And, you know, I would say that I'm very thankful for the software developers that are out there because it's, it's really required a lot of changes to the softwares that we use, a lot of new things coming into play. And, um, you know, as far as the COVID pay is what I would, would, say it, you know, what you're referring to, the COVID pay gets you back a credit for taxes that you paid for people you that, that were required to care for, had COVID, care for a family member, et cetera, that you were required to pay up to 80 hours of uh, compensation for. And you'll claim a credit on your 941 return and get um, get that credit back for those taxes that you paid on those uh, those salaries and wages. Uh, now, that's already happened for me on the. I, I will say. Oh. Yeah, I, I already got it. Yeah, got you know, I don't know about yeah, you, Ray. And mine have to be amended because, oops, you know, we forgot. But I, I think the one thing that um, when we talk about a, a regular entrepreneurial startup type business versus a franchise, the one thing I've appreciated this year about having a franchise is that as the PPP came out, as EIDL came out, as the FFCA came out, the franchisor did a very great, a very good job and effectively communicated, hey, you guys need, I mean, they can't do it for us. But as mm-hmm. owners, they can make sure that we knew what tools were out there and how to make sure we could survive and get extra funding. And I think, again, going back to why we're in franchising, franchisors give us. Yeah. 
Yeah, the the franchise scores that were um, out there learning as much as they could as things developed and supporting their system definitely provided a lot of value. I know we work with with some systems where several of the franchisees got the EIDL, and we haven't talked about that, but typically there's a $10,000 grant that was part of the EIDL, and then the EIDL loan, what remains as a loan, is going to be paid at a low, low interest rate and over a 30-year period, I think. So it's basically nothing in terms of cash you know, outlay going forward for, for many people. The, uh, the one thing I would say there is though the EIDL, that $10,000 grant, is going to reduce the amount that you do get forgiven on the PPP. So if you got 100,000 and you also got an EIDL grant of 10, you, you know, you can't get more than 100,000 forgiven. Right. Yeah, it's um I'm sorry. I didn't even I didn't realize I had applied for the EIDL. I understood that I was getting this emergency $10,000 and then like 2 months later I got another deposit and I was like whoa oh okay i didn't and i thought i needed to apply for it and indeed i didn't um and thank goodness that the government came up with that because that's really my safety net for the next who knows how many months you know if if this continues and we continue to have um issues i mean thank goodness you, you know i i love those who are brave and went into restaurants but this is just not the the time in my life that I could do a restaurant. I mean, I just don't know how they're, how they're managing because that money mm -hmm. goes fast. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Before we go to a commercial, I thought you spent half the EIDL loan on the hat. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> the hat was a gift. <laughs> you think I, okay. No offense to my brother. No offense to all you hog hero loving people out there. But I would not have paid for this hat. I'm a Michigan State kid, not 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 a hog. So when we come back, we'll ask Tom about the uh, gift um, taxes you have to pay on such an expensive hat. But first, we want to give a shout out to uh, Feedspot for uh, ranking us in the top 20 franchise podcasts you must follow in 2020. And Ray, tell us what number were we ranked at? One. We're number one. We're number one. So go check us out on Feedspot and then watch the show. And now a word from a sponsor. Hey, franchise owners. How is your local marketing? Do you feel like you could use some help keeping up with your social media posts and comments and reviews? Do you wonder if you could be doing more to attract local customers? Are you able to identify new movements to your local area? At Westvine, we help franchisees like you reach more local customers through digital marketing. With daily monitoring, creative content, and ad placement, and customer data intelligence, we'll get your business in front of the people who want your products or services. We also work with franchisors who need an agency to handle the digital marketing for all of their locations. If you're ready to reach more local customers, give us a call at 805 265 5440 or visit us at westvine.com. That's 805-265-5440 or westvine with a y.com.
And we're back. It's an incredibly scintillating discussion on accounting, which, yeah, I know most of the people out there who I've been talking to about this episode said, accounting, what are you nuts? Do you want to make people stick chopsticks in their eyeballs? So in just in case it got too bad, I got a chopstick here. But so far, it's been massively scintillating, especially the hat. It's 2020. It can't be boring. It's the one year accounting is not boring. Okay. I would agree. <laughs> now, I, I do have to say, so um, I was I was reading through the bio, and um, I know on the show, Ray and I have talked many times about um, our differences, right? We both have a very different style, um, just kind of from our backgrounds to, you know, the things we like about running our own businesses. And so, um, Tom, as I was reading through your, your bio, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly the kind of person I need. Um, because I am not, and a lot of people out there are not, I'm the idea person, right? I'm the expressive personality. I don't read directions. I hate directions. Almost as much as I hate doing my bookkeeping. So um, tell us about some of the services that you provide, because you actually have a plethora of things on your menu. So before yeah. you start, Tom, one thing, you owe me commission if she hires you. You understand that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I paid you in advance, Chris. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> My accountant's also listening in on this, so yeah, she'll tell you later, but uh, you know, so go ahead, now answer. Okay. Yeah, so um, I guess a quick little story, you know, we were, I bought a small town CPA practice, you know, 18 years ago, and uh, basically when a customer walked through the door, you know, we, we would determine if we thought there was a possibility they would pay us, <laughs> and uh, that qualified them to be a customer. <laughs> and you know we did everything for everybody i mean i've done some things i've just done all kinds of stuff that were you know quote things that cpas do and you know we were looking at how to expand and grow our business a little bit and specifically we're setting up a second office and i asked my ceo forum group i said well, you know how should how can we expand in this in this market and one of my my friends that was in the forum, he was over there on his phone and just, you know, wasn't paying attention at all, I didn't think. And uh, I was actually kind of getting mad at Michael. And then all of a sudden, he just like piped up. He was like, who's your target market? <laughs> and it was like, oh, my gosh. And I, I blurted something out just not to sound stupid, right? And... In that whole process, we really assess who do we want to serve and how do we want to serve them. And, and we serve uh, franchises and franchisors. We also focus on the independent pharmacy market, which I think operates a lot like a franchise. Um, and it's, it's going through a lot of challenges, not unlike I did what- have that, I did have that note down, like where does pharmacy and franchise play together? Yeah, there actually are some franchises that are, are pharmacies that are franchised, and a lot of them are branded, like branded buying groups is what I would say, like, um, you know, different brands, but that's kind of based on who, who your wholesaler is in the pharmacy industry, but Cardinal Health does have a couple of, of true franchises, and those are Medicine Shop and Medicap are, uh, are true franchises uh, for pharmacy, and 
So anyway, we, we focused on those two segments. Um, we offer four really core products. And the first is Compass, which stands for Complete Outsourced Monthly Processes and Accounting Service System. Yes, it is a mouthful. Um, the other would be Sharp, which is our simplified HR and payroll solution. We also uh, do audit and attest work. So we, we audit several franchisors and um, not, not for profits are kind of our niche there in that area. And we call it CARE, Comprehensive Audit and Review Engagement Method. And then our final kind of category is what we call Compass Guide, which is really consulting, but it's, you know, it could be benchmarking, it could be training uh, and education. We have a great relationship with Profit Soup, with Barbara Nuss, um, and work with her on licensing her product to present um, part of our education development offering. So those are the four, four key products, Compass, uh, Sharp, Care, and Compass Guide that we offer. I love that you use acronyms because everybody out there in the corporate world is like has different acronyms. And so the first night is, oh, it's, a, it's an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Compass, Compass really does um, sound very interesting. When I went through some of the bullet points, I mean, it really does um, seem to add a lot of value to people who want to focus on running the operation and working, say, the sales and development of your people. But again, like me, I'm not the numbers person. And so um, certainly handy to have an organization like yours to help. Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I think the thing with us is we, we try to use technology as best we can. Sometimes technology is not the answer. We might just say, hey, we'll get a report out of a, a, a point of sale system and we'll make the journal entry. Not necessarily what we, we do a lot. A lot of what we do is integrating systems. So like, for example, you said you wouldn't want to be in the restaurant industry, but we've got a group of, of several restaurants and we pull their download from their POS system every night and push it right out to QuickBooks Online. So their numbers are getting updated every night in their books. We, we use other technologies like maybe Receipt Bank or Bill.com on the bill pay cycle. We, in our, in our Sharp products, um, we integrate our software, integrates directly with QuickBooks Online. So payroll gets, gets updated. Um, you know, the idea is that at the end of the month, closing the books is really a formality for us because we've kind of taken care of it throughout the month. And um, we would like to get our customers into a real good cadence where we're doing something for them daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually. And um, that's really what Compass is about. That's awesome. I think that's a, a great value. Thank you. One, one of the things I'd, I'd like to ask you, uh, Tom, is at what point after you start a franchise should you have an accountant, a tax accountant? In other words, uh, when I started right away, Actually, I, I hired an accountant immediately, but <laughs> um, that he only did my taxes at that point at the end of the year. But uh, right now I have an accountant and uh, basically I send her information um, at the end of every month. Uh, mm -hmm. So at what point do you think 
you know, either uh, in, in years or at what point when you're making a certain profit, should you have a regular accountant? Well, we, we think outsourcing, you know, is a good um, value to begin with, because really what we do, it would be hard to do internally. Mm-hmm. And the reason it would be hard to do internally is because, you know, you're not an accountant generally as a business owner. Um, you don't really need to manage and train someone internally to do that accounting work and deal with what happens when there's disruption, when you have turnover in that area. And we also think that we manage risk for the owner by having it outsourced. Um, it's like a good friend of mine, Ben Reif, uh, said, he used to hire people that he went to church with to be his bookkeeper. And after the third one stole from him, um, he decided to outsource, you know, and, you know, oh my. And, um, and, you know, the thing is that, you know, by developing a good cadence and good, you know, practices and using technologies, it's really from the first day of owning a franchise, you know, I think it should be built into the model. Because it's hard to it's hard to come back and undo something that was started off incorrectly or not done well. Um, you know, dealing with someone right now that is uh, in the franchise industry, and you know, they've just had a lot of things that weren't really handled the way they should have been from an accounting standpoint, and it's put them in a kind of in a bind. And it's it's actually created it's a little bit harder to onboard that person because. Now we're having to kind of unravel some things oh, yeah. that weren't done quite right. So I think that our solution, I would just say this, we can scale it, even though it's complete, you know, it's a complete outsourced um, model. We can scale that and we have a national agreement with, with a franchise or working with their franchisees and, you know, someone that's a startup, maybe it, it consists of us just overlooking, you know, reviewing, what they're doing in QuickBooks and maybe doing a CFO meeting with them once a month and doing the tax work. But we're in tune with what they're doing every month. Even if they're doing their bookkeeping, we're in tune with what they're doing and being able to counsel them and advise them before the end of the year. I think that's really important. I mean, we met with my um, tax advisor again, before we purchased the business, because we were trying to figure out what kind of corporation do we want to be, right? That was a really Mm -hmm. big decision. And some of it had to do with financing. Some of it had to do with how we wanted to to do our taxes. And, you know, then uh, out of the gate, I used, I'll call it a gal that um, another franchisee had used. And my chart of accounts were set up all wrong. Mm -hmm. And so just like this, this person that you're probably working with now, when you have to go back and change your chart of account, that's a lot of work. And so um, I like the idea that if you were just getting started, I would, I personally would always advise somebody to meet with someone like you, make sure you get off on the right foot. I'm not a QuickBooks expert. My franchisor gave us a quick briefing on how to set up QuickBooks and how to set up my chart of accounts. Again, I'm, the big idea person and for me to sit down for two hours with QuickBooks and set up charts of accounts, it just isn't going to happen. And so I think for people who are like that out there, getting an accountant on board um, and some direction 
even before you start is really, really important. Yeah, it, it is. And, you know, I think getting, being able to work with someone that understands franchising is really important as well. And that's why we've really decided to focus on the particular segments that we focus on because we want to be really good in those segments. And we don't want to have to, to worry about learning something for only one customer. We want to learn it for a multiple you know, uh, customers where we can leverage our expertise in that area. And as an accountant, it's hard to give up business, potential business when someone comes to you. I had a phone call last week. Someone had referred uh, a business to us and I just asked a couple of questions and I said, you know, we're just not going to be the right fit. You need to go find someone that already works with, with your software in your industry and you know, look at it and don't worry if they're not in your geography. Because today with things, it's, it's maybe even more important to work with someone that understands the industry and not worry about the geography. Well, that was going to be one of my questions because obviously, you know, if you look at Illinois tax law, California tax law, Arkansas tax law, you know, obviously you must have a group of people that are qualified, educated, trained on various different states then that you represent, correct? Yeah, yeah, and you know, it also it comes down to using really good software, you know, in the the back office product for us too, and um, having it having software that does address all of the states, and you know, particularly if if you're multi-state, if you're a, a, a company that maybe has maybe you're on the border and you have operations in both both states in multiple states, that's really really important. So looking forward, uh, how do you think trends are going to be changing in 2021 in the accounting field? Well, there's there's going to be a lot of changes. It's as an accountant, I'm you know I'm a little bit like Kristen. I'm uh, you know I like to do the things that you talk about, Kristen. I like the the marketing side of the business. I like the sales process. I'm I'm probably one of those guys that's maybe like 51% left brain and or right brain and 49% left brain. I can kind of move back and forth depending on what I've got to do in the business. But um, I think the thing that's going to continue to happen is we're going to see bigger firms. We're going to see a lot of uh, regional firms get bigger. We're going to see a lot of smaller firms that really wake up and realize they don't really have a business anymore because the the profession is just changing so fast. Mm -hmm. Technology is such a big part of what we do today in all aspects of our business. Technology, I would say that we're probably 60%, um, you know, a tech tech enabled and then 40% accountants in our business model. How many states do you represent right now? Do you have an idea? Oh my, I, you know, someone asked me about, you know, how we were doing kind of, you know, asking like, you know, how are things going in, in Fayetteville? And I said, well, you know, they're going good, but you know, our customers are from everywhere. Uh, our customers are from Florida, from South Carolina, uh, Washington, D.C., Boston, 
Rancho Cucamonga, California. Uh, <laughs> I love saying that. Yeah. Um, you know, Fort Collins, Colorado. We've got customers everywhere today. And, you know, we've been on Zoom for several years. And, you know, today, you know, even our phones are Zoom. And, you know, Zoom just makes it where there are no barriers, really, to where, right. where you operate. That's true. That's true. So I've known Tom since... I was going to say, I've known Tom since so late 2016, if I remember correctly. And he was one of the first people that, well, he was one of the reasons that I started using Zoom back in, uh, I think it was January 2017. True? You probably had a better connection than I have today. <laughs> yeah, I do. But that's always true. So, you know, it is what it is. So at this point, we'll go for another commercial and then we'll be back with more scintillating accounting talk. The Franchise Woman is a bi-monthly digital magazine that empowers women as they navigate the franchising industry by providing relevant news, tools, advice, and inspiration. We are a resource for women who are seeking to own their own businesses, improve their existing businesses, find creative solutions, and take advantage of franchise opportunities. We feature women in the business who best exemplify our ideals and have something to teach our readers. In addition to our exclusive articles relating to the female entrepreneur, we also feature brands that are geared for women. Women have become the fastest growing sector in business ownership and have become a powerful, influenceable force fueling the economy. The Franchise Women will give you the news that is relevant to you to help you navigate the path of successful franchise ownership. By women, for women, and about women. We are the Franchise Woman. Join us today at www.thefranchisewoman.com. So um, I will I will say that Elizabeth uh, did just publish the uh, new issue for November. Check it out. There is an article from a rogue mail, from what I'm told. Not just the normal loan mail, but this month's was actually the rogue mail, from what I'm told. So, Ray, take it away. Sure. Some, some, some of the uh, franchise owners I know who got the EIDL loan uh, have decided to turn it back because they're not using it. I spoke to my accountant regarding that because it's obviously it's costing us interest every month to have that money sitting in our bank account. Um, my uh, tax advisor says, hang on to it. So I'm hanging on to it for a while. And I realize that this is just your personal advice. And what, what are your feelings about hanging on to the EIDL? Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, the environment that we're in. And, you know, if you think back over the last 10 years or so, maybe since the last downturn, most small businesses haven't carried cash on the balance sheet. Most small businesses have not really built up liquidity. You know, if you're an S corp and you're profitable, the owners are probably pulling out money, you know, on a regular basis. Same thing for a partnership. And however, if you look at some of the big companies out there, you know, Apple, think about Apple. Apple has more, more cash on its balance sheet than the United States does, right? Um, you know, and I think that we should take, a, you know, uh, some cues from what they've done with, with what the larger companies have been doing over the last several years. 
I really believe that as a small business owner today, you've got to be thinking about how do I create liquidity? How can I, how can I build liquidity? Because I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know if this COVID deal is going to get really bad. I don't know if there's going to be something worse than COVID. I don't know if there's going to be some other kind of, you know, disaster in the world that will affect my business. And I think that my advice would be hang on to the cash. You can always pay it back early later, mm -hmm. but you can't pay it back and then say, oh, hey, guys, that check I sent to you, I'd, I'd kind of like to have it back. Just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, the interest rates are so low. I don't even know, um, you know, Ray, you, you probably know the interest rate on the uh, EIDL loan. It's like 1% or something yeah. crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing. It's like cheap, it's, cheap, yeah. cheap. Yeah. yeah. So okay. if you amortize that over 30 years, I mean, you know, it's, it's nothing. Right. And I would just maintain it. And you can always pay it back a couple years later if you want. With no prepayment penalty. Like how do you exactly. do that? Yeah. All right. So here's my question then. All right. So I sit on the money and I sit on the money and I use it to buy an island in the Pacific. And then I move to you the island in the Pacific. Much. <laughs> well, okay. So we put together five or six, ten people, but something like that. Right. Well, we put together a group of 10 people. We buy the island in the South Pacific. We all move there, so therefore we're no longer U.S. citizens. Will they be able to get the money from us if we don't come back to the U.S.? Are you in the rabbit hole already? <laughs> no, no. Wait for the rabbit hole. Yeah. It's coming. And, you know, yeah, yeah. He's definitely in the rabbit hole. So we have a, a – it's not within arm's reach, so I can't grab it, but we have a brick – and we have a rabbit, you know, so the rabbit is whenever someone's going down the rabbit hole, they throw it at that person in the meeting. The brick is whenever you're just totally like obstructing any progress in the meeting, we throw the brick at them. So they're stuffed, they're, 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 they're stuffed, you know, they're not real, not a real brick. Who knew accountants um, could have so much fun? We have fun. It's one of our core values. <laughs> That's it, fantastic. It is one of our core values. See, and people thought this was going to be a boring show. <laughs> so, um, Fred, I think that that just crossed over into a legal question, though. So I'm. I, you know, All right, we'll we'll get Harold on then. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, figure we'd go for it. Anybody interested in the idea of buying an island? Give me a call. I'm not saying we're going to do it. Just give me a call. We'll talk. We could broadcast the pillars of franchising from the island. Oh yeah. yeah. And, and then, then we would try to write it off. It would be a business expense, wouldn't it? Corporate headquarters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 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 uh, Fred's world. Yeah. The scary thing is he's not making this up. He's he's actually thought about this. <laughs> I am certain so it, that he has. So it would be kind of like if we moved the corporate headquarters to like Switzerland. Therefore, the money would be taxed at Swiss rates. So if we move it out of country, then, hmm, Cayman Islands the Grand will go. Cayman. I'm going to say that, that yeah, all, that's go. going to be above my pay grade. You know, I'm just going to tell you whenever, you know, <laughs> I, I just, you know, it's outside of my, my level of expertise. <laughs> well, you think it's, it's important to bring everybody kind of full circle back to um, 
and I think, Ray, you're probably pretty close to being on the same page. I think if you're looking to go in to buy a franchise, you do need to get a tax advisor accountant involved right away. You need to know what kind of corporations. One of the first things you have to do um, when you're getting ready to start a business. Um, and I think that there's just a lot of great information that if you wait and you don't educate yourself, um, it can cost you more in the long in the long run. And you can make some really critical mistakes that you could have prevented if you just get with the right partners and learn as much as you can ahead of time. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we've we've got a blog post that specifically addressed selecting an entity for your franchise. And um, you know, the answer, as it is in accounting and tax, it it always depends. It just really depends on your circumstances. Um, I know that you know, Kristen, you're an S corporation. You said. You know, sometimes a partnership, if you're going to leverage, mm -hmm. if you're going to borrow the money to start a business, uh, a franchise, right. sometimes maybe doing a partnership is better than an S corporation. And why? Because that mm -hmm. debt gets treated as well, um, capital, partner capital versus in an S corporation, it doesn't. And I think in our situation, uh, my husband was going to continue to work initially anyway, which 14 years later, he still is. Um, and so we had kind of different things going on and we didn't borrow from a 401k. You know, mm -hmm. we, we had the, you know, the money that we needed to, to get it going through other avenues. But um, again, I think you're right. It totally depends. Everybody's situation is so different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and it is extremely important to uh, have a tax advisor right from the get-go yeah because it's so easy to screw up and before you know it you're owing uncle sam more money than you ever thought possibly happened so it's it's very important you know to, to go that route and, and it's just as important with an attorney advising you about the ins and outs of, of the company you're thinking about going with absolutely I'm liking the Grand Cayman idea better and better. The the more we yeah. do, there's there's great diving. There's <laughs> only one problem: you can't drive the RV there. Oh. <laughs> you have to buy a hey. new one. Yeah. Ooh, he could put put hydrofoils on it. <laughs> See Ray hydrofoiling across the the you know Lake Michigan and and. Scary, but I could actually. <laughs> Yeah, that's an industry, the RV industry right now. It's a kind of a byproduct of COVID that's just gone crazy. You know, yep, there's yep. a lot of industries doing really well. You know, Ray, I want to circle back to your your question about cash and re repaying that EIDL loan. Okay. And, you know, so if you're already in franchising and you've got, now you've got cash on the balance sheet, mm -hmm. you know, what could you do with that? Well, if you're a good operator, you might look at buying an additional territory, an additional location. It might mm -hmm. be a great time to do that and um, and expand and be able to build on that. So uh, it may put some people in a position where they can go out and expand and grow, whereas maybe, you know, in, in this, you know, had, had we not had COVID and the EIDL and the PPP stuff, um, they, they might have been limited, but now it kind of gives you some capital to go out and maybe expand if you're in a position to do that. I would say this though, I would say this, you want to be very careful 
you know, just because you have cash and liquidity, don't go out and do some things that are stupid. No, you know? no RP. <laughs> <laughs> I have heard some people doing some crazy stuff with that money. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you're limited, I think, uh, in what you can spend that on. Am I not correct? It has to be, there are certain limitations on the EIDL. Uh, I don't think spending. so, is there? No. You're not supposed to buy hats with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I thought, but maybe well, uh, the PPP for sure, right? But the EIDL, yeah. I did not understand that to be the case. See, yeah, I thought I you could buy hats with PPP <laughs> because I, I, yeah. I was assuming that that hat was like head protection for going into people's houses. <laughs> oh, you mean it's PPE, huh. <laughs> not PPP, it's PPE. Okay. All these yes. So I'm sorry, Tom, but do, do you understand that the EIDL to be only for a specific purpose? And I not aware of that understanding. I mean, I think, you know, initially you had to, to qualify that for the EIDL, you had to demonstrate that you had a, a downturn in the business and meet certain criteria. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the PPP was just that you, um, it, you didn't have to necessarily demonstrate it, but, you know, you had, had to have a need. And basically mm -hmm. when the PPP came out, I think everyone, every small business owner said, Hey, I don't know what's going on. And, you know, I need to go out and get this money. Right. Yeah. Uh, EIDL is just a little different. You had to demonstrate that you did have a downturn, that you were going to be significantly affected by it in a, a negative way. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's, that's good uh, information. I I was under the assumption you had to uh, utilize the loan in a specific manner. All right, folks. It's everyone's favorite time going down the rabbit hole so since we've talked about software a lot today obviously it must be an artificial intelligence question so as artificial intelligence gets more and more into the tax software and the accounting software it will slowly take over so my question is is will the artificial intelligence cpa have a better sense of humor than the human CPAs. <laughs> if they will, why do you think this is? Oh, interesting question. Um, I'm sure it's not directed specifically at you. Yeah, I, I really don't think that it will be better. You know, I feel like I have a good sense of humor. Um, but, you know, hey, I'm an accountant. I think my own jokes are funny, right? We <laughs> haven't met an accountant yet. <laughs> you know, just move that decimal. That'll be funny. He doesn't count sheep. He counts me. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, um, yeah, I'm sure there will be some funny attributes to uh, artificial intelligence as they develop that for accounting. Perhaps not funny, to, ha ha. To. <laughs> <laughs> I can see There's it. some amazing things out there, though, happening in, in technology right now in the accounting field. It's just really, you know, it's really cool. Um, yeah. I like it. I'm a geek. <laughs> The sense of humor of the uh, artificial intelligence would be like it would flash across your screen saying you owe the IRS ten million dollars, and then it'd say the next line would say, "Oh, just kidding." Yes, right. <laughs> or your your bank account is 
deducting and the numbers would count up and up and up, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure there'll be something like, you know, how many accounting bots does it take to, you know, do something? Screwing the light bulb? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I think we started a trend here. None, yeah, none. All of the unemployed accountants do that for you now. <laughs> <laughs> the first you know, AI you know, accountant jokes were born today on this show. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, the thing with artificial intelligence and, and the way the software and things are developing. It's um, it's it's not letting accounting jobs go away. I will tell you that uh, we have more of a demand for accountants today. Good, good. Um, bookkeepers and accountants than ever before. Do you and have everybody, I'm sorry, there in Arkansas with you? Because we are talking AI and we're talking Zoom for years and, and all this technology. Do all your people live right there in Arkansas or do you have them across the state? You know, that that's um, a great question. We, when we, uh, pre-COVID, about 70% of our team worked probably 70% of the time at home. Mm, wow. And, you know, as soon as we put our protocol in place, everyone, we moved everyone to working at home. Now, we're opening up a little bit here and there. Some people are working in the offices, but not much. Um, but our team is kind of geographically, geography. Geographically, yeah. <laughs> geographically concentrated here. We are going to bring a new team member on that's going to be from Houston. Uh, we've talked to several prospects that are um, outside of our geography. And, um, you know, we're not really limited uh, as to where our employees work these days. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. All right, a global Greg. employer. It's a new world. <laughs> We'd like to be. Big deal. <laughs> we already are, so I don't want to hear about it. Ray, take us out. What's the last question? Oh, I think everybody's going to be really interested in talking to you, Tom. Anybody who's listening today, I'm sure, has a ton of questions they'd love to ask you. So what is the best way they can get a hold of you to ask those burning questions? Yeah, the, the best way probably is to reach out and connect to us through our website, porterfieldcpa.com, and um, Wade Strubing is our sales coordinator and Wade is probably the best person to get in contact with for someone that wants to reach out to us. And yes, Ray, the info's on the website. Yes. <laughs> it's so been a strange. That, that Tom said, go to Pillars of Franchising and look it up. As always. Will, we want to thank Tom for a weird but interesting accounting discussion and I don't often <laughs> say that. We'll be back next week with another weird show. Until then, stay safe, be profitable, and do something nice.